0: You know, guys, what you heard Eric preach to us in that song is, is really the solution, to the answer to the world today. Don't you think so? You know what wisdom is? Wisdom is seeing life from God's point of view. You know, we so desperately need that today. We need to, we need to connect to God. Don't you all want to connect to God? You know, I think that ought to be a passion that we have, that we want to connect to God. We want God not just to be a part of our life, we want God to be our life. We want him in control. And to do that, you need to, of course, that you look at the scripture. Have you ever read a scripture and you read it so many times that it's come to a place that's kind of become commonplace to you? In Proverbs 23, 7. You don't have to turn there. I'm going to actually be in Genesis 37. But in Proverbs 23, 7, the Bible says, where there is no vision, the people perish. You know, I can't tell you how many times in the last 50 years I've used that scripture. Have you ever heard that scripture? raise your hand if you have raise both hands go back and forth jesus is working there but anyway you know i've read that scripture and i was preparing for the message today and of course it's dealing with the vision and uh, and I was looking at that scripture and the Lord kind of gave me some words that I want to give to you that kind of explain that scripture there in your Bible. If you, if you are in Proverbs 23, seven, you can write it down by that. Or if you, if you have your notes, you can, of course, there are no notes, but if you have it, you can do that. But let me give this to you. The Lord gave it to me about a week ago. And I want to give it to you. It's in reference to how do I look at Proverbs 23, seven? Here it is. Somebody is depending on me. That's what Proverbs 23 7 says somebody is depending on me. You're not simply a a free agent if you will if you're here this morning and you know Christ as your personal Savior your free agency is over. We are we are with the Lord now he's in charge And, and I think it's important to understand that God has things for you to do. Do you ever get to a place that you don't feel like you have anything to do if you get to that place you shovel snow. Jesus has a good sense of humor. <laughs> you know, I can remember that Wednesday, I shoving the snow for Jesus. Or Charlotte, I'm not sure which. But it uh, kind of gets blurred every so often. No. But, but I, I think you need to realize God has things for you to do. Somebody is depending on you. Now, in our lesson this morning, we're going to talk about a guy named Joseph in Genesis 37. Did you see his movie? Joseph, the coat of many colors, or you just see it in sight and sound, it's kind of cool. We're going to talk about Joseph this morning, and I, and I realize in a real quick background, uh, Joseph uh, was the youngest, he was the golden child, I mean his father Jacob loved him and gave him a coat of many colors, and he just cared for his boy so much, and, and so therefore uh, this was kind of the relationship that he had, and I'm kind of, I believe that Probably Jacob was kind of surprised about the vision. I don't even know that Joseph truly understood what was going on. In chapter 37 of the book of Genesis, 5 through 11, actually 5 through through 7, actually, you'll find that that Joseph kind of gives this vision that God has given to him. Uh, Again, I don't think he really understood totally what he was saying. Uh, I know the boys didn't understand, and I know his dad didn't understand, yet his dad pondered. Remember that, Dale? His dad pondered that. What was the vision? Here was the vision. You guys are going to bow down to me. (laughs) That was it. I mean, that was the vision. You guys, including the parents, will be bowing down to me. Can't you imagine if you were a parent, this young kid, this one, you already don't like him anyway. He's telling you that God gave him this vision, and one day you're all going to bow down to me. And so you've got to realize that. And I, I think that there, when you think about Joseph, there's a lot of neat things about him. I mean, he had the coat of many colors. He had this vision. But you know what the greatest thing about Joseph is this? Are you listening? God was speaking to Joseph. That, that's the real thrust of the story here. God was speaking to Joseph. And I believe this this morning. God is speaking to people that are listening. When we come to church, we walk out of church, I didn't get anything. Well, what's the problem there? Maybe the person that's listening. You know, I believe that God can get our attention if we're paying attention. I think we're living in days that sometimes as believers, we live like atheists. We live like God's not in charge. We see all these things going on. We wonder, what's going on? I can tell you what's going on. God is in charge. And we need to understand this morning that, that God wants to speak to you. You've heard me say this before. You are not here by accident. You are here by design. God is taking a meeting with you. And you've walked in today and you thought you came here simply to do your church thing, your religious thing, but that's not the case. You're here because God wants to talk to you. Are you going to listen? Are you going to listen to what he has to say? Three weeks from now, you're going into your mission conference, and so I thought I'd quote a missionary, reverend, and a guy named William Carey. You may have heard of him. William McCary made this statement. He said this, attempt great things for God and expect great things from God. Isn't that a great quote? I mean, he is saying we need to attempt great things for God. I don't believe that God left us here to simply occupy. I believe that we're here to conquer. We are world changers. That's what it's all about. That's what this gospel thing is all about. That's what this church thing is all about. We're not here to provide a social gathering for people. We're here because we want to change people's lives. Joseph's life was never the same after that vision. It was never the same. It's interesting this morning, I want to share some lessons with you. Uh, In your notes, you see there in your notes where I'm going to talk about it today? (laughs) (laughs) I'd have grow up. I don't want to. The reason that you don't have notes today, because at 1115, I'm preaching a total different message, and so therefore, we couldn't put two messages in there. So I, you can take notes. I'll speak fast. You write fast. We'll go. Here's the, here's the thought, and let me give you four lessons, and then I want to give you three lessons with the lessons. Are you with me? I want to give you four lessons, and then I want to give you three lessons with the lessons. Now, I want you to think about this. As we prepare for the future, some folks have been asking, said, well, Preacher, what have you been doing? Nothing. You know that's not true. You know Charlotte, don't you? Man, I didn't realize. she's I don't like being home. <laughs> Please, Mr. Custard, I don't want to go. I mean, it's one of those things. I mean, I get up and there she is. All day. I mean, you know. And, but, anyway, better get off that. I got to go back. Read, I got to read. got to Reconnect. <laughs> yeah, I need prayer. You got it, but anyway. So, as we prepare for the future, and uh, it was funny. I was uh, we go to Temple Baptist Church there in Greenville, and uh, I was speaking for them. And I, I said I, they don't have a good sense of humor. I, I was, uh, I said I want to. I don't know what the deal is. I said, I said if you can you It's in, it was innocent. It was an innocent thing. I, I was speaking. I said I want to tell you something, folks. <laughs> this old southern boy from Florida appreciates being with all you Yankees up here. Can't you imagine how that went down? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Elvis has left the building. You know what I'm saying? And so, anyway, uh, you know, I haven't spoke since, so I don't know there might be a problem. But he promised us. But, but anyway, as we prepare for the future, I want you to think about that. That's the. As we prepare for the future, we're going to take Joseph and look at his life. I would rather learn by example than by experience. How about y'all? I'd rather, Pam, you make the mistake, not me. So much better. Tell me how it worked out, you know. And that's the way I feel about this morning. You know, that's why the Word of God was written for us. Do you know that? It was, it was written not to educate us. It was written to change us. Are you with me? It was never written so we could argue theology with people. It was given to us to transform us and to change us and get us ready to do what God has for us to do. Let me give you the four lessons. As we prepare for the future, we see all these things in Joseph's life. First of all, if you're taking notes, it's, there's a great cost to pay. Joseph uh, gave the message. He said, you guys are going to bow down to me, and you'll find out when that took place, something. You know, you know what I found out about sharing the Word of God with people? Something's going to happen. You with me? You got, you're, you're, they, hey, th- this is a powerful thing here. This dynamite. When you start sharing this book with people, something is going to happen. I mean, this book has a way of people either pucker up or, or duck, you know. I mean, they get to, they're either for you or they're against you. And so we find that Joseph did what God would have him do. And there was a great cost to pay. Look what happened. Look at verse 8. And his brethren said to him, shall thou deed reign over us? And the answer is yes. <laughs> yes. 13 years is going to happen. Or shalt thou indeed have dominion over us? And they hated him. This is his brothers. Can't you understand how, how impactful that must have been? For his brothers, they hated him. What I'm saying, as we prepare for the future, there's a great cost to pay. Look at verse 18. And when they saw him afar off, even as he came nearer to them, they conspired against him to slay him. We find here that they, they plotted against him. This is his brothers. This is the people that cared for him or are supposed to care for him. Look at verse 24. And they took him and cast him into a pit. They isolated him. Look at verse 28. Then they, they passed by Midian, the merchants, and they draw they drew, lifted up Joseph out of the pit, and they sold him to the Ishmaelites. What I'm saying to you this morning is that if you're going to be a world changer, As you prepare for the future, what you've got to understand, there's a great cost to pay. You know, when I think about that, and I'm thinking, why did he do that? Do you think that Joseph got discouraged to have a yes or no? I don't know, amen. Yes or no? He got discouraged. Would you have gotten discouraged, yes or no? Are you discouraged right now? (laughs) Just thought I'd throw that out. Yeah, was i, I no, how can you not come on guys he wasn't some superhuman he was flesh and blood like you were. i'm sure this hurt him i mean i'm sure he probably asked questions you know what's going on but what kept him going you know why he kept going because people were depending on him now he didn't even realize at the time and, and certainly they didn't realize it but if it hadn't been for him they, then the nation would have been would have perished the Bible says where there's no vision, people perish. Somebody is depending on you and somebody is depending on me. And so the reason he's able to keep going was because of that. Let me give you the lesson within the lesson. Here you go. If you're taking notes, this is under that first one. God's purpose for me is bigger than my problems. Yeah, I'm thankful for the old Gaither song. Through it all. Through it all. I never had a problem, but wouldn't know he could solve them. But I'm gonna tell you right now, guys, that his purpose. And we talk about, oh, I want God's purpose. Really? Skippy? You really want God's purpose? You really want that? You understand what that may be? I'm Joseph. You understand what he went through? I mean, he was he he was hated. Conspired against, mocked, thrown into a pit, sold into slavery. And yet, he, he, his, God's purpose, and may I say this to you this morning God's purpose is bigger than your problems. And so we see that in his life. As we prepare for the future, no, these are a great cost to pay. But number two, there's great comfort. I'm so glad for God's comfort, that through it all song again. Uh, look at chapter 39, if you would. I was read a couple things. You understand that where this comfort came from. He was in the pit. Uh, he was in slavery. Uh, he was in prison. He was at the palace. You know, you know what I'm saying? He was all those places. But this was something very consistent. Look at verse 2, chapter 39. And the Lord was with Joseph. That's good, isn't it? The Lord was with Joseph. Verse 3. And his master saw that the Lord was with him. Verse 5. And it came to pass from time that he had made him Overseer of the house and over all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptians for Joseph's sake. What you'll find over, and there's several scriptures. If you read that, particularly first chapter uh, 39 and all these verses, there's several things you'll see. You'll see that every time, no matter what the situation is, God was with him. Doesn't the Bible say somewhere that he will never leave you or forsake you? Doesn't the Bible say that? Doesn't the Bible say in 2 Corinthians that God will comfort you? But what you don't get on that, when he comforts you, he wants you to take that comfort and comfort somebody else. Hey, it's just not about you. Somebody is depending on you. So Joseph, we find, is moving toward this future. We find that certainly as we prepare for the future and as he was preparing for his future, uh, it was costly. It was a great cost. Uh, There was certainly a great comfort. Let me give you the lesson with the lesson again. Here it is. Comfort is not a lack of pain, but it's understanding who's in control. I like to be able to tell you that serving Jesus is problem-free. I would like to be able to tell you, servant Jesus, it's a whoopee time. And I'll raise hands and all that. But, and, I'm, and I tell you that, it'd be good if I could tell you that, but I'd be living in a town called Fantasy Island. Because the Bible tells me that in this world, we're going to have tribulation. Why in the world are you surprised? We have difficulty. We have trouble. We have problems. But as we prepare for the future, and aren't y'all preparing for the future? We are. I was talking to Dave back. He asked me how I was doing. He was so sorry he did. I actually told him. No, I didn't give him the old church answer. I'm doing fine. Bless Jesus. I told him. And I think the thing is that, you know, and I encourage you this morning, and and I trust this is true, that everybody here this morning, you're preparing for the future. You're making preparations for what God has for you. And as we go, we know there's great cost and there's great comfort. But number three, there's great character development that is needed. Joseph needed the rough edges. Sand it off. We know that, don't we? They're still so standing on us. But he, he had some rough edges, and, and so, therefore, we find that God was working. You know, it's easy to say you'll do something until you have to do it. It's so easy to say you trust Jesus until you have to trust Jesus. You know what I'm saying? There's a, you know, there's a lot of people talk it. They just don't walk it. They talk about God, but that's about that all it goes. And so we see in his life that certainly he had... He, had to, he was in different places when he, when he was thrown in the pit or when he was in prison or wherever, even in the palace. The, to me, the, the, the quality, and Joseph had a lot of qualities, but one of the qualities I think is so, to me, I want to emulate. I want to be like him. Wherever he was, people saw God in him. Listen to me. He served God unconditionally. Oh, if you'll do this, I'll serve God. If you'll do that, I'll... no, no. He served God. If he slays them, he was going to serve God. How about that one? I'd like to tell you that ministry is a lot of fun. And it is a lot of fun doing what God wants you to do. If it wasn't for the people. <laughs> you could tell them out here anymore, can't you? I would have met I'd sit anyway. <laughs> I cracked myself up. Anyway, there's a scripture that bugs me. Let me give it to you. This I don't. I don't like this scripture, but it's in the Bible, so I guess I've got to read it to you. James, you know it. James, chapter one. Are you ready? Verse 2, my brethren, so he's writing to us, isn't he? Okay. Count it all joy. Let's stop it right there. I just want to count it all joy. But then he says, when you fall in diverse temptation. You know what he's saying? Here it is, Bill. You got a choice to make. You can either praise me or you can gripe and complain. You've got, you've got to make a choice. You can choose. And let me tell you, you've heard me, it's like you've heard me talk about love and things of this nature. Love is not an emotion, love's a choice. When it comes to serving God, it's a choice. We, we, we choose, we, we surrender to Him, you see. I think it's important to understand that when, if God is working in your life, you know, I have to admit, over the last few months back up there in the wilderness, <laughs> I think God's there, but he's getting ready to move. And he's looking for a place down south, I think. But uh, I, must, uh, I must admit to you, there's been times I'm thinking, what in the world is going on? Then I hear this noise. Ready? What is that? Oh, sandpaper. God is sanding off some edges. I mean, that's just what he does. He does it because he loves us. And you're here this morning and maybe you've heard that noise and, and you're thinking, what in the world's going on? You say, why? God, I don't want you to sand me. I don't want you to, sand. I don't want you to rough up, clean off those rough edges. You know what he's telling you? If I don't do it, you don't serve. Do it to me. Do what you've got to do, God. I want to serve you. I want God first in my life. Whatever it the cost, God, help me to understand that. Help me to be patient with that. Let me give you a lesson within the lesson. This is the last one of these. I like this one probably the best of all I'm getting ready to give you. Problems are inevitable. Misery is optional. <laughs> You're going to have problems. Problems. Are inevitable. But misery is optional. You don't have to be miserable. We can praise God when things are going well and praise God when things aren't going well because God deserves my praise. Deserves it. It's not about me, it's about Him. The last thing is this. As we prepare for the future, there's a great cost to pay. Joseph paid it. There was great comfort. Joseph received it. There was great character development. Joseph needed it. The last all of this, there was a great, great completion of the vision. Victory. V-I-C-T-O-R-Y. Victory. I mean, victory. God and all those 13 years, it took them 13 years to accomplish this vision. <laughs> Just so small enough. Eight months, that much. 13 years of, of the pit, of the prison, even in the palace. Would, I mean, there was difficulties there. All this was going on and 13 years had gone by and, and we see now that, that God is uh, giving the victory. And of course, the Bible does say, in due season you'll reap if you faint not. Why did he do it? Because somebody is depending on you. What's my prayer for you? 2 Kings 6, you do want to turn there, you might write it down though. 2 Kings 6, verses 13 through 17. Another visionary, a guy named Elijah. Elijah was a visionary. God's hand was upon him. Israel was in battle with the Syrians. The Syrians were getting their brains beat out. It seemed like wherever they were, it was in fact what the Syrians believed was someone reading their playbook. You know the the, the reality? Someone was. Elijah was telling the Israelites what to do, what God said, where to go, where not to go. And it ticked off the Syrians. Let me tell you something, your life ticks off the world. Why? (laughs) Nah, I'll let that one go. So here's what the Syrians said, "One of the guys found out that Elijah was sharing all these military secrets with the Israelites, and so you know what they did? We're going to stop Elijah. That's what the world said. I'm going to stop you, Christians. Oh, okay. And so the Syrians came to a place called Dothan, Alabama, and it's uh, no, not really Dothan. I don't know where it was. Dothan was the name of it, though. Came to Dothan." And all of a sudden, the Syrian armies came. I mean, they were everywhere. They circled the city of Dothan. There were thousands and thousands and thousands of, of Syrian soldiers. And they had one might. This was their yell, death to Elijah, death to Elijah. I just made that one up. But, but that's probably what was going on there and all. And so it was awful going on. I mean, the Syrians were here. And they found out about Elijah. They were going to kill him, they thought. Well, here was the deal. Elijah had a friend, actually a co-worker, that was real nervous. He was nervous. Look at all those Syrians. They don't like us. They're going to kill us. And here's Elijah over there, over at Chick-fil-A. Not on Sundays. And, uh have actually gone to Chick-fil-A on Sunday. And, but uh, but uh, he's not worried. What is wrong? Don't. And don't you see the Syrians? Why in the world aren't you worried? What's going on? And I'm sure this is, never God never missed, You know not have a character's name. Oh, they gave it, the servant's name, did he? Okay, just a servant. And so he was nervous, and so and Elijah was looking at that. And here's what Elijah said: This is my prayer for you. This is my prayer for me. He prayed to God. He said, Lord opened his eyes. And God answered that prayer. That servant looked to the eyes of God. And even though the hills were filled with the Syrians, but surrounding the Syrians were the angels of God. God was there. And God was in control. It didn't matter what the Syrians said or how much power they thought they had or what they thought they would do. They will do nothing that God does not allow to happen because He's in control. And I say to you this morning, you may have walked in today and said, man, you know, I'm going through some difficult times and and I don't know what I'm going to do. And and, and, uh, maybe you're thinking about quitting or giving up or whatever you're going to do. And what I'm going to tell you, somebody's dependent on you and you need to keep on keeping on. You need to realize that, that God has given us a vision to reach this world for Him. Recent years in churches, I've seen kind of a shift in some areas that concern me, particularly when we come to this time of the service. I've heard people make, and I've actually made the statement myself, "You need to come and commit your life to Jesus." I don't think that's right. If I commit myself to something, I can uncommit. It's about my decision, what I want to do. I'm not asking you to commit your life to Jesus. I'm asking you to surrender your life to Jesus. As long as you're committed, you can do whatever. You can uncommit or commit. This morning, we're going to sing an old song an invitation called, I Surrender All. You've heard it along probably several times. But have you really internalized it? All to Jesus, I surrender. All to Him, I freely give. You've walked in this morning and God is speaking to your heart. God's dealing with you. I, I encourage you. My goal is for you to understand that somebody is depending on you. And where there's no vision, the people perish. And I know that you're going to pay a price for that. And I realize that that all these things are going to come into your life. And I understand, but this morning you have an opportunity. Everything starts with a decision. Joseph said, I surrender all. And it looked like it was going to cost them all. And it will cost. But you've got to realize what we're doing. The reason we keep going is because the message is true. This is what's going to change the world. So this morning, I believe the Holy Spirit is the one that convicts us, don't y'all? My goal this morning is not to lay guilt on you or to talk you into something. My goal is for you to allow. I can tell you this. The Holy Spirit is talking. Are you listening? He talks to the heart, doesn't he? He speaks to the heart. This morning we're going to give him an invitation. Some of you need to come and surrender. You know, you may be here and you used to serve God. Say, well, I've just gone too far. No, you're still alive. Not too far. Maybe you're here this morning. And you've never really trusted Christ as personal Savior. You heard me talk a lot about this and on and You know, you're a church gory, Maybe you've been baptized and you're maybe a member of two or three churches in town Doesn't really matter Church membership won't get you to heaven you Can't go through the baptism It's through the blood of Jesus Christ God's Son that we're saved this morning What you need to do is ask Jesus to come into your heart and be your Savior And I'm persuaded this morning, I know a lot of you are here this morning and and you know Christ is personal Savior. And and the thing that I I encourage you and challenge you, you know, you've come to church anyway and and you've listened to what God had to say and and God has touched your heart. You need to respond to that. You need to come this morning and say, God, I I surrender all, whatever it is. Not my will, not what I want to do, not what pleases me, not what I think I need. I surrender all. Father, I have to admit, there's times that's not been my case in my life. I've allowed things to get in there sometimes that have been displeasing to you, and I'm sorry. So sorry. God, I want to surrender all. I think there's folks here this morning that. They're so tired of playing this game called church. So tired of it. And they may come this morning. So I just want to surrender whatever you want me to do. Maybe there's some areas of sin in their life they need to take care of. if We confess our sin. He's faithful and just to forgive us, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I don't know. I don't know what the situation is. But I know this: if you are calling, they need to answer. I need to answer. So Father, this morning as we extend this invitation. We pray, folks, God, they'll respond to what you say in your word. We pray in Jesus' name. Stand to your feet, please, if you would.